Shiva tells him how wonderful the 
residents of Aikunda are. Lord Shiva says, wait, 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 you don't have to go to Aikunta, the Lord is in Dwaraka. And besides that, let me tell you about one devotee, he's really special, and that is Prahlad Maharaj. And then we, uh, and then he warned him, so watch out, because Prahlad does not like to be praised if you offer obeisance to him and praise him, you know, this could be trouble. <laughs> All of which is interesting in the light of being aware that Narada is none other than Prahlad's guru. And he, so here's the guru of Prahlad hearing from his brother. Lord Shiva is Narada's brother. How glorious Prahlad is. And Narada is inspired to meet Prahlad. Presumably after some time. There was an episode explained in one of the in the commentary. Mm, what was that illustrating? Prahlad meets Pitambara, uh, Pitavasa, that was the name. Pitavasa, Lord Narayan, who wears a yellow dhoti. <laughs> Pitavasa. Uh, but uh, he doesn't know that he is Lord Narayan, Pitavasa. Rather, they get into a fight. which goes on and on for quite some time uh, until how was it? Prahlad took a little break uh, to worship a deity of Narayan help me out get this, to get this right um, and as he was putting the garland on the deity and kind of did, did a double take. Went, what? what? <laughs> um, and he saw that the garland that he had just put on the deity was now on this person that he was fighting day after day. And then it went, like in these uh, animated cartoons, suddenly a bubble comes out, boom! <laughs> with an exclamation point. <laughs> and then, but the point of that was that the Lord, I think the, the message of the Lord was, I am always defeated by my devotees. Yeah, because Prahlad was like, oh, I'm so sorry. <laughs> uh, and then the Lord says, it's all right. I am always defeated by my devotees. I'm always uh, subdued by my devotees. Uh, which is one of the, let's see if I get this right, uh, 
Krishna means all attractive. Right? So it comes from Krishna, which means to draw, to pull, to, to plow, to draw, to attract. So who can attract Krishna? No one can attract Krishna. He's all attractive. But pure devotion, prema, uh, will attract Krishna. So that was the point that uh, Pita Vasa makes to Prahlad when Prahlad had been fighting with him. So I'm always defeated by my devotees. <clears throat> so uh, we're in the section now where Prahlad is making his rejoinder, his argument against what Narada has has presented, and he says, Yan Mat, this is verse 21, chapter 4. Yan Mat, Vishayakam, Tasya, Lavanadi, Prashasyate, Manyate, Maikam, Tattu, Kaschililayan, Lilayitam, Paraha. You praise me, you, Narada, praise me, Prahlad, because he, the Lord, Lord Masingadev caressed me and showed other signs of affection. But some consider such affectionate behavior merely a false show of Maya. And others say that it's just a display of his pastimes. It's just, you know, it's his lila. It's his maya. It's not, there's nothing substantial to this show of affection. So, uh, we have a nice explanation of this from Gopi Parakadana. First, he points out that the Advaita Vadins, uh, what's an Advaita Vadin? Followers of Shankaracharya. Okay, yeah. <clears throat> well, that can be debated. Some will say that uh, the hardcore Mayavada doesn't really develop until after Shankara. Yeah, we like to lump them all together, don't we? <laughs> They're all my abodies. Anything that's uh, that's that's not um, sahajiya, anything that's not devotion, pure devotion, and it's not sahajiya must be my <laughs> Well, yeah, that's another discussion. But the Advaita body, bodies of the Shankaracharya school. They consider loving dealings of the Supreme Lord uh, with his devotees to be illusory. And why is that? Why would that be? Why would they think that such dealings are illusory? Anyone want to give a quick 
explanation. Let's see. Go for it. Because they think I am illusion and also the, the Lord is illusion. <laughs> okay, I am illusion, the Lord is illusion. Uh, so what's real for the Advaita? Brahman only. Uh, yes, Because they think that uh, the Lord accepts the material forms. Does any yeah. interaction is material? Yeah, they have this interesting. I mean, it's interesting. You can, uh, you know, we can get upset about it, but we can also look at it and go, well, that's interesting. <laughs> uh, they have this notion that uh, the form, the Lord is um, composed of, can we say? of uh, sattva guna, pure sattva, but it's still sattva guna, it's still, it's still material, and Prabhupada often says, even Shankaracharya says that Narayana uh, is supreme, Yes, but <laughs> he's supreme. But there's for the much for the Advaita uh, body. There's something beyond the supreme. <laughs> right. Uh, okay. Uh, he goes on to say the Advaita body's whole gesundheit. The Advaita body's nasdrofen. The Advaita bodies hold that the Supreme Absolute Truth cannot become involved in such duality, but others, the Vaishnavas of the Jewish school, say, no, these are the Lord's pastimes. If they're not at all illusion, uh, they are the highest spiritual reality. Um, how is that? The personality of Godhead is full in all transcendental qualities of such chit ananda, eternity, knowledge, and bliss. And with the help of his such chit ananda potencies, he can easily engage in such chit ananda pastimes. So here's where, uh, you know, the ways part between the Advaitans and the Vaishnavas, because uh, going back to Ramanujacharya, he says, he very much emphasizes, the Lord is uh, possessing unlimited uh, transcendental qualities. Whereas the Advaitins are saying that uh, ultimate reality has no qualities. That's what, uh, no attributes. We cannot speak of attributes because attributes have to be something different from this absolute. And when you speak of attributes, then you've got more than one. 
the Vedanta game, so to say, uh, the basic rule in, the, in playing Vedanta is to come to this understanding that ultimate reality is one, and we say that also. We miss the Bhagavatam. What does the Bhagavatam say? Bhagavatam, Kentawa, chapter 2, verse 11. Bhagavatam, they are worded as or that not they this is designated as in three different ways and then Jiva Goswami explains whatever is list when you've got a list what's at the end of the list is the most important <laughs> so Bhagavan is listed at the end so Bhagavan is the highest the most okay he explains further here Sri Pallad's idea is that even though the Lord's displays of affection may be considered real, right? Because Vaishnavas say it's real. He has acted in these ways only to fulfill the purposes of his own enjoyment. Prahlad thinks that Lord Rasinga only pretended to care about him. <laughs> now, that's interesting because what are we doing when we pretend something? I, if I pretend that I'm happy, that I'm not happy? Yeah, but what else? It means we are, so to say, of two, we are two-faced or there's... There's a dualism there of some sort, isn't there? So is the Lord like Well, the Lord can be very... The Lord can be... He's, he can be deceptive, right? If the Lord wants to be deceptive. So, so Prahlad is saying, yeah, he's just putting on the show. And therefore, don't consider, don't take so seriously that he was affectionate. <clears throat> and then in the next verse, he said, "You think these are real shows of of his affection? I think it's no more real <laughs> than a dream. And even if we accept them as real." No evidence of his mercy. Hmm. Okay, here's here's the interesting point that Prahlad now makes. Uh, 
remember, he's arguing why he is not qualified as a, as a devotee. A devotee. Uh, he says, <coughs> this is verse 23, the Lord truly gives his mercy according to saintly authorities when he grants the right to render various kinds of services. A blessing he gives to such devotees as Hanuman. Nothing else counts as his mercy. And then he's going to go on and say, what, what service did I do? I just... When I was in trouble, I thought of him. That's not... It's not really service. <laughs> and anyway, he says, Mr. Gadev was doing his pastimes not for me. He was doing all this to protect the demigods and to protect the devotees and to deliver two of his eternal servants. Who would that be? <laughs> Jai and Vijay, right? Um, so he's giving so many excuses. <laughs> and it's all going to lead to his recommending as uh, a real devotee receiving real mercy, Hanuman. Because, as he's mentioned just now, Hanuman received the blessing of being given a service. When the personality of God had given me a kingdom, I understood that I had not received even one atom <laughs> of his mercy. <laughs> he's, he's saying, oh, I must be so fallen because, you know, getting this material situation, that's... What does Srila Prabhupada quote so many times? either directly or indirectly, and he's always being somewhat autobiographical. Yes, When the Lord is especially merciful to someone, actually it's the Lord speaking, Anukrinami, uh, I will take away Tatanam Shanai. Is it Shanai? Yeah, it must be. I gradually take away all of his wealth. <laughs> ah! No. I don't want your mercy, dear Lord. I don't mind if I just stay where I am. Please don't take anything. Right. <laughs> and then Tato Adanam 
The Svajana, his own people, his relatives, Tyajantya, uh, they, 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 they reject him. So, ah, this person's useless, he doesn't provide for us, so what's, his, what's the use? So Prabhupada would speak about, he, he many times referred to this, in connect, either explicitly or not, about himself, his own experience. He, he felt like this. He had been doing some business, had this pharmacy. Uh, he, he lost everything, basically. And then trouble with his family, and finally he said, ah, I'm going to read out of I wrote a short uh, drama of, called Leaving Home. That's the other short one I did. Prabhupada Bhakti Siddhanta Leaving Home. Starts out with uh, with Abhay Charan coming home and uh, he asks his wife, where's my Bhagavatam? And she says, oh, yeah, Bhagavatam. Well, actually, I, I sold it. <laughs> I traded it. What? Yeah, well, there were no tea biscuits. I had to have my tea biscuits. Prabhupada <laughs> is incredulous. Hold my father down for tea biscuits. And then. <laughs> Question me or tea? Yes. Me or tea? <laughs> um, then I'll take tea. <laughs> and uh, indeed, uh, Sanatana Goswami through Prahlad, quotes. He doesn't quote directly that verse, but it's nearly the same. Tam brahmshayami sampadyo yasya vancham yanugraham ityadya sakshinasthasya vyahara mahatam api. As the Lord says, quote, when I wish to favor someone, I make him lose his opinions. Such statements as this are evidence, and so also are the statements of his exalted devotees. Uh, okay. So that's one of his arguments. Why he's. So what's the argument? He understood, because he received a kingdom. So, okay, and that's clear evidence that I'm not dear to the Lord. Most people would think, oh, I've received this kingdom. I am blessed by the Lord. And Prahlad is thinking, oh, I've received this kingdom. I have not been blessed by the Lord. <laughs> 
Yeah, so he's uh, quite sure about this, that he's not the one. Oh, okay, this may be interesting. Another argument. Why else would I have fought against the renowned Lord at Vishala? Is this the same or not? Uh, as if I had reverted to the low conditioning of my birth. <coughs> now let's look at the commentary. He says that uh, here, Prahlad is resorting to a certain kind of logic. <coughs> do, you know, do you want to know the technical name of this kind of logic? <laughs> it is called Anyata Anupapati. Anyata Anupapati, or negative hypothesis. Now we'll get an explanation. This form of logic works as follows Devadatta is fat. But we do not see him eating during the day. Therefore, he must be eating at night. This is a famous example. <laughs> Poor David Dutta, he's always... Comes in with. <clears throat> he, he must be eating at night when everyone is asleep. So this is... A, he's not eating... We never see him eat during the day. Has anyone ever seen the Devadatta eat during the day? None of us have ever seen Devadatta, I know. <laughs> but suppose we all see Devadatta and we see that he is quite well fed and we know that he doesn't eat during the day. So what's the reasonable conclusion? He must be eating at night, but no one's looking. Of course, you could ask him. <laughs> but that's not part of the example. Okay, a little explanation here of Inshallah. Okay. There's a dual incarnation of the personality of Godhead known as Nara Narayana, right? Uh, what is what do what do they do or what does he do? It's kind of a two in one. Uh, they come to teach how to perform devotional austerity. Where do they live? They live in the Himalaya in the place variously called Vishala and Bharika. Okay, and then there's a description of Narayana. Um, let's see, that's the Demigod's version. Okay, then departed. All right. Where's the point? Here's the point. Prahlad refers to 
the conditioning of my birth is being a descendant of demons, the natural enemies of Lord Vishnu and Vaishnavas. Oh, that was a comment. His being a descendant of the demons, the natural enemies of Lord Vishnu and Vaishnavas, was too distasteful for him to mention directly. Okay, so he's saying um, the conditioning of my birth. He's not saying I was born a demon because that would be distasteful in the presence of. Even more unmentionable was his being the son of one of the staunchest haters of Vishnu. Okay, but I'm not quite getting how the logic goes here. Let me read again. Why else would I have fought against the renowned Lord at Vishala? Okay, there's some episode. We, apparently, Prahlad at one point was fighting against Nada Narayana. And he's saying, why would I do that unless it's because I was sort of uh, falling back into my lower modes of being a demon. Why would I do that? Must be. Okay, so here's the anapapati, the anyata and anapapati logic. It must be that I was falling back into my demonic nature. Otherwise, I wouldn't have fought. All right. Now, I don't know if we get that story of his fighting with Narayan. Guess not. Okay, here's another argument he says. I've heard some say that now, after arresting and imprisoning Bali, who is Bali in relation to Prahlad? Anyone know? Grandson, right? That the Lord stays here in Sutala as the doorman just to keep him captive. In any case, I cannot say where the Lord is now. So he's saying, some say the Lord stays here. Uh, and he's saying, well, they, I don't know, but I don't see him. <laughs> so, what's that about? Um, and in the, uh, just a portion of the commentary, the end. Narada might respond uh, to some of the arguments by pointing out that Prahlad has the opportunity to see Lord Vishnu in Sutala, Sutala Loka, whenever he wants. Whereas even Shiva, Brahma, and the other great demigods can rarely see. 
So Prahlad is anticipating that argument. <laughs> and how is he anticipating? He says, it would be evidence of the Lord's mercy on me if I could see him always. <laughs> but at the moment, I do not even know where he is. And if I do not know, how can I freely have his audience? Sometimes he shows himself here, but not continuously. On rare occasions, some persons, like Ravana, <laughs> can see the Lord here. <laughs> the Lord shows himself only when it suits his own purpose. He thus showed himself in this very place to Durvasa because Durvasa has strong faith in being able to see the Lord. So he's kind of, uh, we say, chipping away at his, <coughs> like with a chisel. So Narada's been praising him and Prahlada's saying, well now, let's look more closely at the situation. And he's, one after another, eliminating the possible ways of, his, of him being given credit for being devotee. Do we believe any of this when we read it? Not really, right? <laughs> because we can understand uh, does this mean that Prahlad doesn't appreciate how blessed he is or how exalted he is? How to understand this? Any thoughts? <clears throat> what is going on here? Sanchari Bhav. Sanchari Bhav, which is, what is Sanchari again? Or um, Yabichari Bhav? I didn't know the same. Yabichari? Yabichari Bhav. The transitory. One of the transitory. Oh, okay. But which one would it be? I don't know. Maybe nearby, like, sense of. Or dainya, sense of wretchedness. Ah, uh, okay. There's how many? 33? So. so. This is my speculation. Sounds good. <laughs> yeah, it could be something like dainya. It's, um, and, and that could lead us to uh, think about Bhaktivinoda in his many songs in which he is um, expressing such sense of being so unqualified. Right? So many songs. Dainya, well that's also a technical term of a kind of prayer, isn't it? Dainya Orika. Another suggestion. Mm. Yes. Yes, my, my feelings are that Prahad Maharaj 
there is feeling that it's a trap of Naradamuni. <coughs> but if he accepts this, then he, he can be in trouble. Uh-huh. So his logic is really stretching, you know, some arguments that sometimes seems like out of sense. But, you know, this is... Maybe Naradamuni will not buy it, but what he can do, you know? Like, it, it's, it doesn't have any sense, but, okay, probably he don't like to be recognized. I mean, Rahul Maharaj. Or, actually, yeah, this is interesting, because Prahlad, as he prays to Nrsingadev, um, we mentioned this, one of his prayers is, how can I forget my guru? Um, and so he's very conscious that Narada is his guru and what does the guru do? Sometimes the guru tests the disciple so this could be a test where he's praising, praising, praising and then Prahlad will if he fails the test he'll go hmm, yes, actually I'm so advanced and then Narada will jump on it. Ah, you, you, you blew it. <laughs> so he's putting up all his defenses now, saying, no, 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 I'm not going to fall for that. Could be taken that way. Yes, uh, Rachel. Uh, yes, there is this humility, and uh, there is also the argument that Pochandra but at one sense, for example, when he says that uh, he is also in one sense, when he says that uh, you know I didn't have a chance to do so much service, so um, like I cannot be the one who is most um, uh, who has received most mercy. Then there isn't there also um, a grain of truth in this because, um, like seva is such an important part of bhakti, and uh, I remember reading, for example, according to Jiva Goswami's definition of bhakti, he, he was using like um, the seva, sacred ser- sacred service, as the primary characteristic of bhakti, and Prahlad did a little bit of service, for example, to his friends. But maybe not so much. So maybe he's also a little bit justified in saying, I haven't received the most merciful. Okay, that's a good point also. There's some truth to what he's saying. Okay, he did some service, but but then. There's different kinds of service. Uh, I think that's mentioned somewhere else. Just remembering the Lord is a form of devotion service. Yeah, we talked about that. Um, Prahlad is the one who gives the nine processes. And he's the one denying that what he does is service. (laughs) Oh, now he's praising Narada. He says, Oh Narada, your heart overflows with causeless compassion. Why should I go on describing all my misfortunes, which simply make you unhappy? 
Instead, please consider the Lord's mercy on Hanuman of the Kim Purushas. Karanam Kim Purushe Hanumati. And he's still minimizing himself. He says, please note my book. <clears throat> Means Narada. Oh, oh Narada. That the Supreme Personality of Godhead appeared suddenly in his form of Narasimha just to kill my father. And as soon as the Lord fulfilled his purpose, he at once disappeared. <laughs> what kind of mercy is that? <laughs> I haven't been able to see my Lord directly whenever I wanted. So when I saw him once on the shore of the ocean, it was just like seeing a dream. What's this referring to? In the, in the commentary, it says, when, when the Singhade first appeared, Prahlad's spontaneous devotion was hampered by the novelty and shock of the moment and by his own fear and reverence. So, yeah, it said he, he was worshipping Krishna Govinda. According to the Vishnu Purana, uh, when Prahlad was being tortured, by the agents of his father, one of them, and the attempt was made to slay him, to kill him. One of the attempts was uh, to throw him over a cliff into the ocean uh, so that he would be smashed on the rocks below. And uh, there's a temple in Andhra, North Andhra Pradesh, uh, called uh, Singachala, and it's right on the it's it's on a cliff of sorts, right on the ocean. It's the ocean, and they say that this is uh, the Nursingadev who protected Pralat. So as he's sailing through the air, they've thrown him over. He's offering prayers, and those prayers are uh, in the Vishnu Purana. There's several prayers. And one of those prayers is Namo Brahmanya Devaya, Go Brahmana Hitaya Chan, Chakitaya Krishnaya, Govindaya Namo Namaha. So he's <laughs> <laughs> he's like this <coughs> chanting these mantras so here it says when he saw Nrsingadev <laughs> he was shocked <clears throat> uh, so this dramatic moment 
made it difficult for Prahlad to freely express his love. And this is described in some detail in the Hari Bhakti Sudodaya. Uh, the Hari Bhakti Sudodaya, that's a section, if I remember right, an extract, a part of uh, Padma, is it Padma Purana? I think it's part of Padma Purana. Then he goes on, but Hanuman is much more fortunate for many thousands of years. He has enjoyed serving the Lord constantly without obstruction. He's the most powerful person. When he was just a child, the demigods favored him with several wonderful benedictions. Thus he became immune to old age and death. It's said that Hanuman to the present day is still reciting the Ramayana. <clears throat> Hanuman is the primordial reciter of the Ramayana. There's Valmiki, of course, but Hanuman. There's a temple. Where is that temple? I, uh, years ago, I visited some Rama temple. Small, maybe it was in Varanasi. And uh, I remember they have. Recitation of Ramayana, I think they were saying Hanuman is always reciting Ramayana. He is free of all fear. Ashesha Trasa Rahita. Uh, he maintains great vows, Mahavrata Dharma. And he performs auspicious deeds, Kriti. Outstanding among heroes, Mahavira. He is an exceptional servant of the Lord of the Ragas, Raghupati. Asadharana Sevaka. Asadharana Sevaka Raghupati. Sadharana means common, general. But Asadharana means exceptional. So he's a Sevaka. And so, like that, now he's going to go on praising him. And you can guess what's going to happen. <laughs> what's going to happen? Narada's going to go to find Hanuman. He's going to praise him. And Hanuman is going to say, Oh, wait, oh, you got it all wrong. <laughs> And so it's going to go until uh, he comes to Dwaraka because Shiva had said, you want to meet the Lord, just go to Dwaraka. So he's taking a bit of a uh, detour. He's going to end up at Dwaraka. And at Dwaraka, it's all going to get very dramatic. Hare Krishna. Comments, reflections, thoughts, questions, complaints. Yes.
Thank you very much, Miss um, part of the class. But I was just thinking about this, um, you know, positioning oneself and glorifying somebody who is higher. I was thinking how this is. I see this part of the culture, the Bhakti culture, how devotees, you know, with this natural humility, which arises because they see the Lord being so much greater and so much more. So much, so much compassion and kindness is being granted upon them, so they see themselves very low. And then it's natural to look up to somebody who is a, like a role model. So that I was seeing in how Prahlad is kind of trying to find reasons why he's not the one, but look, Hanuman is the one. Um, so I just, that was a thought. But I, I have a question, <laughs> if possible. Um, and it's not directly connected, but it's sort of connected with today's pilgrimage also. Um, because we hear a lot of times glorification, you know, something is the biggest, the greatest, the most purifying. And um, today we saw Bhavan Sarovar, for example, and this is the most purifying tirta um, of all. So even all the other tirtas absorb the sins, for example, that they come and get purified in this yeah. particular sarovar. And then my husband was asking, how is this possible? <laughs> Just metaphysically that something gets, how does the scene get dissolved in a, in a kunda, for example? And then how does it work? So that's the question. <laughs> but then also I was thinking, is it sometimes just glorification? It's just a sort of, it's not that the theaters are really contaminated, but it's just sort of to establish the position of Pavansarovara as the greatest to say something like that. Yeah, this is uh, this is the sort of thing that uh, scholars will sort of jump jump on. They will say, "Ah, just see, you look at the glorifications of different holy places all over India, and they all say the same thing. They all say we're the best, <laughs> uh, and." All the sacred places you'll find here where we are, where this is, and so on. Like Prayagraj, uh, the story we heard was, it's a kind of uh, transcendental one-upmanship. The story we heard today that Prayagraj himself comes, because, uh, how was it? Nanda Maharaj wanted to go. Krishna said, why would you want to go there? And then Prayagraj comes and he's all black. <clears throat> yeah, so, because Prayag is, is indeed praised up and down in the Puranic literature as being the Tirtha of all Tirthas, because for probably so many reasons, uh, in particular, that it's the um, the confluence of of the three rivers. Uh, what to make of that? Well, yeah, it's a kind of competition among holy places. From you know, we can look at it like we heard the first day uh, from. Krishnamurari Goswami, that Sachinanda Swami says there are two, two doors to enter Braj. There are kind of two doors to 
understand to, to perceiving uh, all things that we deal with. But from a mundane perspective, you can say, yeah, it's just different um, tirtas competing with each other because they want to get as many pilgrims as possible um, because it's, it's good income. And uh, who is writing these, these texts? This is, I'm, I'm playing the, the mundane scholar now. Who's, who's writing these texts? It's Brahmins, uh, male Brahmins, they always like to point out. Male Brahmins who have some vested interest, right? <laughs> uh, and I mentioned yesterday, I think, there's been even uh, violent fights between uh, Vaishnava and Shaiva ascetics for uh, fighting over turf, over uh, places of pilgrimage, uh, for getting support from pilgrims. So that's there. That kind of thing is there. But, but um, when we're when we're allowing ourselves when we're allowing ourselves to enter into uh, the universe of devotion, then it all has a different sort of uh, understanding and we can take it that, yes, this is really the case. All of these things really happen. All of what is said is really so and 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 out of that we can feel genuine inspiration uh, that um, we are being blessed, we are being purified, going to these places. You can also, though, you can look at there's other traditions, religious traditions in India. Kabir, uh, the North Indian poet from sometime around, maybe after Lord Chaitanya. Um, he was sort of, he was apparently never writing, but just singing, and sometime later was writing his, his poems. And he's highly critical of uh, the whole idea of pilgrimage. He says, what is, the, what is the point, what is the point of going here and there? when the Lord is in your heart. <laughs> what would we say to that? Uddipana. Uddipana. So when we visit the places where the pastimes were happening, there's like a big imprint. Um, that happens. Yeah, this was the answer. There's an imprint. <laughs> uh, when I asked Swami how to find the essence in Vrindavan, because it's so hard to yeah. not get lost with all the things you want to see. And he said yeah. that the essence is chanting, but it's nice to see the places. It's an imprint. To make an imprint. Yeah. 
and you use the word Uddipana. Uddipana is, or Uddipan, is a technical term that Srila Rupa Goswami uses in Bhaktirasamrita Sindhu. It means stimulus, uh, a stimulus to devotion service, or a stimulus to remembering. And he elaborates, he gives several examples of enough to uh, stimulate remembrance of Krishna. And for example, uh, a, dark, a, a dark rain cloud, you look and you see the color of the rain cloud and you can think, ah, yes, this is like Krishna's uh, complexion. Like that, there's so many good deepness. I think recently Ingrid Yonaswami has given a whole series of talks on the good deepness. So, okay, this could be uh, a response. Um, in in Kavir's, Kavir's uh, kind of rejection of pilgrimage, we might also. Uh, suspect that there's some impersonalism there in the sense of, oh, the external world, that's all unreal, it's, it's illusion. The real is in your heart. No, the real is in your heart, and the real is also like Govardhan and Radhakund and Vrindakunda and all these uh, places. As we as we read uh, from Bhaktivedanta Swami's article, there's the two extremes of radical dualism and radical non-dualism, and devotees are in between, and they're taking the best from both. Do you remember what those qualities were? Uh, the the dualist uh, has it was a couple of good qualities. One was determination, and I don't remember what the other was. Determination. Hmm? Humility. Determination and humility. Right, thank you. Um, and then the uh, the good quality of the non-dualist. Anyone remember? I know that was five days ago. <laughs> <laughs> the quality of the non-dualist was a having a contemplative mood, being able to be shanti. <laughs> recognizing everything as the Lord. So combining the two, that is the position of devotee, uh, such that we can appreciate and relish and be enlivened by uh, places. This also, um, a few days ago, uh, Swami was making this point that there's space and there's time, and uh, how 
how did he, he put it in a nice way, that, that this, there are special spaces which the Lord creates specifically to heighten the experience of rasna. So he, he creates, you know, radha kund, shama kund, all of this is making and setting the stage. This is how I would put it. He's setting the stage uh, in, in such a way that it uh, inspires, it gives the right mood, it heightens, it, it uh, intensifies, And we, we can draw back to um, Shimati Radharani's kind of mixed expression of happiness and dissatisfaction when she meets Krishna in, uh, in Kurukshetra and she says, Everything's the same. The only trouble is we're in the wrong place. <laughs> You're the same, you know, my beloved, and I'm the same who I am. And, but where are we? We're nowhere where any of this really matters because we're in the wrong place. Uh, I'm missing to be uh, by the side of the Reva. Actually, the verse which Chaitanya Mahaprabhu is reciting there is apparently it was a fairly famous verse from some mundane poetry. And the devotees, when they heard him reciting that verse, they were, What is he talking about? What is this? He's sannyasi talking about this. He's quoting this love poetry. What's going on? And that, and Rupa Goswami understands. He understands what he's talking about. And Rupa Goswami writes his own verse, which uh, is uh, kind of explaining. But the point here is that it's all, everything is great except for one thing. We're in the wrong place. <laughs> so, it, it, or it's like when Uddhava comes to preach <laughs> and to bring his message to the gopis, he's preaching, uh, he's, he's carrying the message that, you know, the Lord is all, is, he is actually present, he is in your heart, da 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 da. And the gopis are like, yeah, 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 tell us about it. That was, yeah. Are you done? Are you finished? <laughs> so, uh, what, what Kabir says is perfectly true, but it's kind of, it's, it's a half-truth. It's not the whole, it's not the whole story. There's this expression in English, a half-truth is worse than a lie. It's half true, but what about the other? Let's see the whole truth. And the whole truth is, yes, the Lord is in your heart, and the Lord is also in Vrindavan, in 
where he has his pastimes. Uh, I think it's time for dinner, isn't it? Today it's from 7 to 8. Lunch was late, so uh, the dinner is from 7 to 8. Oh, oh, I see. Okay. Well, shall we have some musizieren? <laughs> yeah. Okay, Shiva Sanatana Goswami Ki Jai, Shiva Prabhupada Ki Jai.